1: What's up, everybody? It's Ed Lover back with another, come on son, the podcast. A lot of stuff going on out there, but first of course I wanna give all due respect to Combat Jack, the overseer of this podcast. Man, it has been a hell of a weekend for me, man. Let me tell y'all what I did this weekend. Okay, first of all, on Friday, I had a meeting with my boy at the Cigar Lounge, and it was some really kinda of like some big shots at the cigar lounge that he introduced me to. This cigar lounge is called Biggs Mansion. It's right here in Chicago. And it costs like $5,000 a year to be a member, and I'm not a member. So we sat on the non-member side because you could go in there free. And, and they got like a little lounge downstairs, right, y'all? Because I like to smoke cigars. So you go downstairs and sit for free, but you got to be a member to go upstairs. Now, if you sit outside, you can sit on one side And it's pretty damn cool, but you can't have no alcohol on that side. You can only have alcohol on the member's side but it's still outside. So you kind of feel like a da dun dun because you can't have no alcohol on one side, but somebody that got alcohol on the other side got to invite you over there. So we were invited over to the other side by one of his friends, and he sit with his boys out there, and they're pretty big wigs. Like, these are some major money dudes in Chicago, and they got different businesses and different companies going on, and we sat out there, and we kicked it. I met a guy that makes knives, which I thought was very dope. And the same guy that make knives was telling me about how I could get my concealed weapons carry permit for the uh, state of Illinois, which is good in 30 other states. I didn't even know that, so I'm on that right now, y'all. I'm getting my concealed weapon carry permit because it's good in 30 other states. So if y'all see me and I got a little bulge on the hip, Y'all know the kid got his concealed weapon carry permit. Because when I was a kid, I admit it, at one point in my life, I used to carry. And I ain't had no permit at all. I just, I just carry a joint around on me all the time because that's how things was, especially around 85, 86. When that crack epidemic started hitting hard and dudes started, you know, doing what they was doing out there in those streets, I had to make sure I was safe. So I ain't had no concealed Weapon carry permit. But back in them days, if you got caught with a gun, it wasn't as harsh as it is now. There was no one-year mandatory. I think it went up to three years. But at one point in New York, it was a one-year mandatory jail sentence if you got caught with a weapon. I think it went up under Bloomberg. It went up into three years. Mandatory jail sentence if you get caught with an unregistered, unlicensed handgun. So I'm going to get it right for Chicago so I was hanging out there so that was like from like 1.30 I think I got over there till about I think I left there like 5.30, 6 o'clock then my homegirls, who are the Diva Leaf crew here in Chicago they had a Drew Estates now if you're a cigar guy you know what Drew Estates is it's one of the premier cigar companies in the world they make some of the best cigars they had something at Hyde Park Cigar I went over there then when I left out of there I went to this place called president's lounge on oh it's it's in the hood y'all president's lounge is in the hood okay why was everybody so afraid for me to go to the hood i don't know about other people but i need to go to the hood i don't need to stay where the hoity-toities are all the time oh have you been to town? oh have you been to? Blah, blah, blah. i don't i don't sometimes i need i like my people I'm sorry. I love my people. There has never been a place that I've ever lived at for my entire life that I didn't go to the hood. I need to either live in close proximity of it, or I need to know exactly where it is. Even when I lived in New Jersey, when I lived in West Orange, Orange and East Orange right there, Newark, New Jersey was right there. I need the hood, y'all. I need to know where the good food is. I need to see where my people are. I don't, I'm not a big time like shop. I like to shop. I'll get. i tell y'all that right now. I like to shop. Okay. I like clothes, but I still need to know where I could get the dope sneakers. I need to know where I can get a dope hoodie. I need to know where I could get the, the, you know, my stuff is, I like a certain type of fashion. So I need to go to the hood to find that kind of fashion. A lot of times you can't find all the good stuff. In the mall, a lot of the, the boutique owners and shop owners and sneaker owners, I mean, sneaker store owners, you know, some of y'all call them gym shoes. Some of y'all call them tennis shoes. We call them sneakers in New York. A lot of those people, they don't have money to have something in the mall. So you have to go shop in the hood. You have to shop where you can shop at. Plus the hood got the best food. Nobody wants to argue with me about that. I don't know if y'all ever had Harold's fried chicken or Uncle Remus fried chicken, but the best ones ain't in no snooty booty neighborhood. They got it. You got to be in the hood. And sometimes the best fun and some of the best local spots I've ever had in my life are in the hood. So that's what I did. I went and and took my producer here, Krista, and we went to the president's lounge with one of her girlfriends. And I left from there because I was drunk. Oh, boy. You ever got so drunk you fell asleep in the back of the Uber and the Uber driver got to wake you up in front of your house? That happened to me Friday night, early Saturday morning. I got to now go back and look at who I text because I was drunk texting like crazy. I was twisted. I had a good, good, good Friday night. Then, of course, Saturday I had to go to a friend's birthday party, a member of my church, and then Sunday I went to church. I go to church I try to go to church every Sunday. I'm not going to lie and say I go to church every Sunday. But I really believe in God, and I'm a member of New Beginners Church of Chicago. And uh, we are trying to raise money, y'all, because we could be in trouble of losing our church. And let me tell you a little something about New Beginners Church of Chicago. At the helm of our church is a man by the name of Corey Brooks. Corey Brooks is in his early 50s. He's the pastor that you may know from... Chicago, that stayed on top of a motel to close it down because it was too much drug infestation and prostitution and all that going on. So he sat up on top of that motel for three entire months until he closed that damn motel down. We do a lot of community work. One thing I can say about my church that I go to, New Beginnings, is that we do a lot of community work. We have a community outreach center. We got Project Hood, helping others obtain their destiny. We teach uh, ex-convicts construction, uh, landscaping. We have schools there, y'all. Kids can come there for study courses. It's just a lot of stuff that we do. We did the world's biggest baby shower when we gave away for all these single mothers that couldn't afford the stuff they needed for their children. We do a lot of community stuff. So... The church is very important to the community and it's dead in one of the worst neighborhoods in Chicago near Parkway Gardens projects. OK, so what happened was when they first got the church, the church used to be an old skating rink. They put a lot of money, a lot of time into converting us this into this, this gorgeous sanctuary of a church that we have. When they first got the mortgage, one mortgage company owns it. Now, if you're a homeowner, you know a mortgage company can sell your mortgage to another mortgage company. So we refinanced and, you know, had a good rapport with the original mortgage company. Then what happened was the mortgage company went out of business. They sold our mortgage to a different mortgage company, a predatory mortgage company that's not interested in financing or anything. So we have to try to raise the money to save our church before they— They foreclose on us, in other words. So, listen, if you want to help out, any little penny that you want to give us, a dollar, a dime, will help. You can go to my Instagram, okay? My Instagram, at Ed Lover. Click on, and you'll see the GoFundMe page in my bio where it says website. So, go to at Ed Lover on Instagram. I hope y'all follow me on Instagram. Go to at Ed Lover on Instagram, all you have to do is click on my bio and where it says website, that's the GoFundMe for New Beginnings Church of Chicago. I appreciate it. Help us save our church. Even if it's a dollar, if it's $2, it doesn't matter how much money you give us. We are greatly appreciative of it. We got fundraisers going on. He asked everybody in the church to give $1,000 a piece. I gave my $1,000. But we need your help out there, man. Help us save the South Side of Chicago, man, because that's what we've been doing for a very long time, working hard to save the South Side of Chicago. Go to at Ed on Instagram, click it, and you will see the GoFundMe in my bio. Now, if you just want to hit Cash App, Cash App is dollar sign Save Our Church. All right, dollar sign Save our church and i will appreciate and i do appreciate because i'm speaking into existence right i'm walking by faith right now and i'm putting my faith in you the people that listen to come on son the podcast to help me save my church okay i'm walking by faith right now okay i don't care if you're from chicago which is one of my biggest markets i don't care what church you go to Help us save our church. I don't care how you feel about Pastor Corey Brooks. If if, if you were a member and then you didn't like his political stance, separate Pastor Brooks from Corey Brooks, the person, okay? Help us save our church. Dollar sign, save our church on Cash App. We appreciate any and everything. Now, later on in this podcast, Michelle Kramer is going to be my in-studio guest. She's going to be joining me on this podcast now if you don't know who michelle kramer is michelle kramer is a single mom of three who put herself through school and became a certified medical billing and coding specialist all right when she participated in the docuseries surviving r kelly she's the mother who went to the hotel in los angeles and saved her daughter and helped her daughter escape from R. Kelly. Surviving R. Kelly was nominated for an Emmy for Best DocuSeries. She's coming in. She's going to hang out with me today. We're going to talk about the whole R. Kelly thing, what was going on with R. Kelly, how her daughter got involved with R. Kelly, the steps she took to try to save her daughter from R. Kelly. When, the, when this saga of Surviving R. Kelly first came out, I was like, wow, they did a whole ass documentary on it? I was on the radio here in Chicago, and Mute R. Kelly was going down. There's a bunch of women who had Mute R. Kelly. They were just Mute, 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 Mute mute R. Kelly. I went on the airwaves in Chicago on my morning show, the Ed Lover Morning Show, 104.3 Jams. Y'all should check it out if you don't have it. Where you live at, go to radio.com app and check us out in the morning. We're Central Time, so we may be an hour behind where you live at or an hour in front of where you live at. Okay, we're Central Time. So I went on the radio, and I was like, yo, why are these women out here muting R. Kelly? Like, leave R. Kelly alone. He went to court. This is what America's supposed to be at, he, uh, uh, be about, excuse me. He went to court. He was found not guilty. Why are we still on him? Why the man can't live his life. I had actually seen R. Kelly in Atlanta in a cigar club, came in with a few people, came in with a young lady that looked to me like she was underage, but they carted her, and she was 21. So I was like, as long as this dude deal with women who are 21, it should be okay for him to live his life the way he wants to. Well, he has a sex harem. He has all of these women. I was like, so did Hugh Hefner. Nobody said nothing to Hugh Hefner. Long as these women are of age, y'all should leave R. Kelly alone. Actually came to the point where a friend of mine contacted me and was like, yo, R. Kelly heard what you said on the radio. He wants to say thank you to you. He wants to sit down with you and do an interview. I was supposed to do an interview with R. Kelly. Okay? But we can never find the right time, the right schedule for us to sit down talk about all of this stuff that was going on. This is the mute R. Kelly phase. This is before Surviving R. Kelly came out. Then, Surviving R. Kelly drops. I see that, and I go, wow. This dude just never stopped. He was still dealing, allegedly, with underage women. This is what he's in jail for now. They say there's an, that he kept the videotaping going after the first trial he kept it one woman on surviving r kelly was one of the young ladies he met her when she was 14 while he was on trial there's allegedly a sex tape about r kelly out right now where he's saying this is some of the best 14 year old p i've ever had in my life and continues to say it. and the girl is saying that she's 14 so allegedly he kept this foolishness going Now, anybody with any common sense would say, damn, I beat that rap. Let me chill. Let me make sure everybody I deal with is 25 and better. But it seems to me that R. Kelly didn't get the message. And that's why his ass is sitting in jail right now. That's why he got charges in Chicago, I mean, in Illinois, in the state of Illinois, and the state of New York pending against him right now. So I have... One of his victims' mom, Michelle Kramer, coming in today to talk about how she saved her daughter, how her daughter even got involved in R. Kelly. Does she feel like she's at fault any way, shape, or form? Because a lot of people, when you talk about R. Kelly, a lot of people, oh, what about the parents? What about the parents? Come on, y'all. I'm a parent. A lot of y'all that listen to parents, you don't know what your kid is doing 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Plus, you trying to work, you trying to survive. It's just only so many hours in a day that you supposed to be able to do everything that people claim that you should be able to do. It's just, it's just not possible. It's not possible. When my when my niece was 16, my sister went through something similar, but it wasn't with a superstar like R. Kelly. It was another dude that had gassed my niece up. She snuck out. She ran off with him. And this dude tried to share my niece with his friends. I mean, through love and and patience and guidance and therapy, you know, she's in a good space right now. You know what I mean? So don't, you can't blame the parents. Oh, some of these little girls are fast. You can't always blame the parents for what's going on with their kids, man. Or what their kids are capable of doing. That's like blaming Ted Bundy's mother and father for the creep that he turned out to be. It's not always the parent's fault. So Michelle Kramer is going to come in. We're going to have a discussion with her. Plus, I got my come on, son, coming up. Y'all know all of that is good. You know you're going you're gonna to get a laugh out of that. All right. So stick around. We'll be back with Michelle Kramer right here on Come On, Son, the podcast. <laughs> come on, son, son. Welcome back to Come On, Son, the podcast. Y'all know who it is. It's me, Ed Lovin. and as promised, I am joined by Miss Michelle Kramer. Good morning, Michelle.
0: Good morning.
1: Y'all probably saw her on Surviving R. Kelly. Everybody was talking about Surviving R. Kelly when it hit because you were out there in L.A. searching for your daughter, trying to find your daughter. I've, uh, I follow you on Instagram. And how's your daughter doing right now?
0: She's doing great, actually. She's expecting her. Really? Yes,
1: yes, yes. So you about to be a grandmama. Yes, a Mimi. <laughs> You ain't going with Grandma? No, I'm going with Mimi. Yeah, see, when I had my first grandchild, I had to go with Pop Pop. I was not going, you're not calling me Grandpa. I'm not having funny. none of that. Pop Pop was, right. do that's you think good. Of
0: grandparents, you think of gray hair, older. You know, sitting in a rocket chair, that's not me, so it's
1: Mimi. Right, so that's because that's how my grandfather was. Yes. My grandfather, was, for <laughs> me, he was always old. Because we used to go down <laughs> south to see him every year. He sat in that rocket chair and played guitar, dip snuff, spit in a bucket. Yeah. So to me, you know, grandfather, being a grandmother grandfather now, we still young and vibrant. We still know what's going on, so we're not the same as our grandparents were then. Yes. Yeah, so it's a whole, so, but congratulations. Well, thank you. So, so let's get into the, to the gist of it. How in the world did your daughter get involved with R. Kelly in the first place?
0: She was a fan, and we happened to live very close to him when he was living in Olympia Fields.
1: And she always
0: was a fan. Her dad took her to a concert, and she fell in love, like literally just a fan, like if I love Usher or New Edition, she just happened to love R. Kelly, and guess what? R. Kelly liked little girls.
1: Mm. So how old was your daughter when she met R. Kelly?
0: She was actually 17.
1: 17? Yeah,
0: she met him through another young lady on MySpace, so that's
1: how long ago it was. This was a MySpace thing? Yeah, it was a MySpace thing. So would you consider the other young lady that she met him through a recruit, a recruiter?
0: Yes, the girl that you saw in the docu- series, Jeronda Pace, yes,
1: yep. She's a recruiter for R. Kelly? Well,
0: she met him and... Like she said, he said go get some more girls, and she said she was in contact. They had and they had something in common, which was R. Kelly, and she was like, hey, would you like to meet him? And she was like, yeah, you know, so. They did their little plot and was lying to me throughout. I'm thinking they going bowling to the movies. You know things that teenagers do.
1: So, so at the time when she first met R. Kelly, um, you just thought she was hanging out with somebody that she met. This was a cool girl. They they're going to the movies. They're doing this and doing that. And the reason why I I, I stress that to what knowledge that you had is because I'm quite sure that you've done you've done a lot. I'm not quite sure. I'm absolutely sure that you've done a lot of press for Surviving R. Kelly. You've done radio stations in the past. You've heard people say, what about the parents? Oh, yeah. It's the parents' <laughs> fault.
0: Well, we don't come with a structure that's parents, first of all. So we trust that what she said, what we, they, the kids say to us, that that's the truth. But it's not. And it took another girlfriend that told me literally that do you know where Nika's at? And I was like, yeah, she's with her friend. She said, no, she's at R. Kelly's house. And she have been for the last month.
1: How did you find, yeah, how did you find that out?
0: She, a friend texted me and called me and told me. And her friend um, called and told me, and I was at a concert. I still remember the concert in Country Club Hills. I left the concert and I called my son and told him to meet me at the house. And we pulled up it. I called Olympia Fields police and I went to the house. And everything was outside the gate. And like I said in the docuseries, girls were just coming in because he used to have parties. And it was only for girls. I mean, he has the gas there, but he brought the gas. You couldn't bring no gas. That's all I saw was just girls, just truckload of girls coming
1: in. Just coming in, going in his house. All, now, this is the same house that was allegedly originally on that first sex tape. Exactly. The house with the indoor pool and the studio mm-hmm. and all the rooms and, and, and all of this stuff. And I said earlier on this podcast, before Surviving R. Kelly came out, Mute R. Kelly had started. Yes, and and it had started around some girls in colleges, and and they were trying to to stop him from doing concerts, and they st- and I sat right here on 104.3 Jams in Chicago on this Airways and said leave that man alone because at the time i had seen r kelly several times i've known rob for a long time a very very long time and we've had our ups and downs okay and uh at the time i had just seen him in atlanta in a place called cigar city club right he's a cigar enthusiast so am i so we were bumping to each other dc i was in a cigar spot somebody tapped me on my shoulder it was him we hung out we smoked we laughed it was, everything was cool. And when I saw him in Atlanta, I looked at the girl and I was like, damn, she looks like, what are you doing with this baby? You know what I mean? But when they went over to card her, cause it was a drinking establishment, she was 21. So I was like, listen, leave the man alone. If he wants to have a harem of women, what's wrong with that? Hugh Hefner did it. Nobody says nothing about Hugh Hefner, but when it comes to a black man, black man can't do what a white man can do. Then Surviving R. Kelly comes out, and I find out— I was actually supposed to sit down and interview him because he got wind of what I was saying on the radio, and he was like, yo, tell Ed. I said, thank you. I want to sit down. I want to interview with him. Then Surviving R. Kelly comes out, and I find out that he's still up to the same old shit that he was doing before because you would think, Michelle, if you got away with murder like OJ (laughs) did—
0: Yes, you would stop, but he did You would get, exactly. But, it, but people don't understand, it is not just him having young girls, okay, and they, they could be 21. It is the abuse. Mm-hmm. See, I found out about the abuse from the savages when they came out and did that, that whole interview in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. They reached out to me. It's not be able to go to the bathroom. You can't eat when you want to. Um, He beats them. He don't just give them a whooping. He beats them. I mean, seriously, he spit in my daughter's face. He actually wanted to throw her off a roof because whatever she wanted, you know, whatever she didn't do. She was the rebellious one, okay? Okay. And then for you to try to turn my child into a boy, who the fuck does that? I mean, how do you take a whole girl? She had long hair, her hair, not no weave, and you saying, that you know what? I don't like the way you look. I want to turn you
1: into a boy.
0: How you do that? She actually told me in six months she would have had a penis.
1: Really? A penis. How the fuck you get He that? wanted to give her, your your child that you gave birth to. A girl. A girl. Born a girl. He wanted to force her to have a sex change operation. Yes. That is some sick
0: shit. So that's why I said it's not, you cannot compare him to who have, he is a sick man that literally need mental health. I don't want to say jail is the answer, but mental jail. Like he needs to see a psychiatrist, damn near 23 days, uh, 23 hours of his life. Seriously, something is wrong with this man. Mm -hmm. And then you said you can't go to the bathroom. So we got garbage cans and plastic bags. And now I understand when she used to come home, she had baby wipes.
1: Oh, so okay. she could wipe herself because she could, she wasn't going to the bathroom no on the regular, regular bathroom. Bathroom with tissue. Like just going to sit on the toilet was something for her because
0: And showers and baths, like literally.
1: This is stuff that he's not allowing him to, to do. He
0: a sick person. Like but she, he can't
1: do that by himself. No,
0: he has enablers.
1: And so that means everybody is
0: watching. You saw the docuseries, the one lady that actually, she had herself covered mm-hmm. and she didn't want it, but she explained it. She's talks about it. if you go back and look at it again listen to what she said he had my baby on a tour bus for three days with no food and fucking water who the fuck do you think you are so jail right now when i heard he was gone i was like now somebody got to tell your ass when to take a shower somebody mm. got to tell your ass when to eat somebody got to tell your ass when to go to sleep now you know how the fuck it feels
1: isn't part of the problem and we're talking to michelle kramer from surviving r kelly is do you think r kelly has a god complex or is he trying to be a super pimp?
0: I will say a pimp. Trapped in the closet is all his goddamn personalities. Watch it again.
1: I haven't seen it in such a long time. I yes. think I will.
0: Yes, trapped in the closet. He was trapped. All those are his personalities. Remember, it was a pimp. Yeah. It was a pastor. He remembers the gay man. Then, remember, it was um something else. It was trapped in the closet. All of them, his personalities. He was, he was trapped. Listen to all his music. Even, you know, I, one time I got upset with him and I sent him a song, all his songs. I said, the storm is over, when a woman is fed up, men lie, and you need to admit to all the lies, that, uh, all the pain that you guys cause, caused people. But them all his songs. Right. He got
1: mad. What you getting mad for? Those are your songs. Those are those his songs. Those are the titles. Hey, he did make seems like you ready, <laughs> right? I could have sworn <laughs> you AJ were ready. Number, look, AJ, AJ number number, 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 number. told us a long time ago, there right? All, How you do you feel about the artists in the record company? because there's a lot of artists that were enablers. There's different ways of being an enabler. If you continue to do music with somebody because they're a genius but you know they're abusing young girls on the side then you're enabling because you're enabling them to make more money and the more money that they make the more they can encost themselves or shield themselves away from everybody else.
0: Money buys a lot of things. That's what I learned.
1: Money buys a lot. So a lot of people just Really turned a blind eye to it. Really did,
0: yeah. And it took and R. Kelly docuseries
1: series for everybody to wake up. And now everybody's scrambling for cover, huh? Exactly. Everybody's trying to separate themselves because there's a lot of music that was made. This has been going on. The first real wind we got of it was Aaliyah. Yeah. And that was years ago. When he was what, 28, and she was 15 when he married her. Yes.
0: And her uncle was right there.
1: Barry Hankerson. Yes. Yeah, Uncle was right there. I remember a conversation that I overheard. And I didn't really think nothing of it to till, till the Aaliyah thing came out years later. A conversation that I heard at uh, Luke had a club in Miami called the Pac Jam. It's a teen club. And R. Kelly and public announcement came out. And Barry Hankerson came by the club. And he also had an adult club called Strawberries. And they were supposed to, R. Kelly and public announcement was supposed to perform at Strawberries. But Luke said, this is a teen club, man. He got a big hit record. Why don't you bring him by here? I'm sure the kids would love to see him. And Barry Hankerson said out of his mouth and he will probably deny it if it was ever came up. I bring Rob past here, he ain't going to want to leave. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I didn't catch it until later on. I was like, why would not he want to? These are little kids, yeah. you know what I mean? But he already knew that dude had a problem with underage girls.
0: Yes. I mean, mentally, he cannot even how probably have a whole conversation with an adult woman anyway. So his, his mind was on that level. Think about it. One of the girls I watched her interview and she said it she was 17 i think it was lisa van allen uh, mm-hmm. and she literally said that it was okay because mentally he was 30 but really in age he was 17 with her so he's he cannot literally have a conversation with no adults he his his m- mentality is for is on a on a child level that's why the girls can relate to him because he's on a level he's not on an adult level even though he's a male It's supposed to be a dog. Like a grown-ass man. What
1: is he, 50 years old now? he's about 53. He older than me. Yeah, 53 (laughs) years old now? Yeah. He older than all the damn parents that survived R. Kelly. Wow. Wow. So how did it come to pass that Dominique ended up with him?
0: Like I said earlier, the girl introduced. So R. Kelly lived literally 20 minutes from my house. All right. So let's take it to after you found out. After I found out, I went to the house with the police. And then... I forgot when that she had left. The police was like, um, "We can't go in." The manager came to his um, to the gate and said, "He's not here. He's not here." So he have they having a party at his house, but he's right? But he's not there, right? So I got a call that she had made it back home, and I went to get. Um, we had a talk, and I was like, "Her brother was like, he's a grown man, Dominique. What did you talk about? He just he literally just got off of those charges.
1: Literally, literally, literally like Dominic is 17 years old at right, the time." Right. So say the
0: charges got off in May, and this is July okay okay so then i'm telling her he's a grown man leave him alone i said give me his phone number i call he answered and i said hello rob robert whatever i don't know what i said at the time i said this is michelle kramer Dominique garda's mother stay the fuck away from my child just yeah. like that just like that and he was like um this ain't rob this is assistant and um i give him a message and so i had it on speaker my daughter was like mom that was him okay so she turned 18
1: next month and once she turned 18 legally please tell people because i don't think they realize this
0: when she turned 18 legally she started back seeing him again and she came to me and told me that she was in love with him and that was her first
1: and legally there's nothing you could do about it.
0: Legally there's nothing I could do.
1: That's the point that I want to make to everyone that's listening to Michelle Kramer on this podcast right now. Once her daughter turned eighteen, legally there's nothing she could do about it. Because legally they consider her grown. Exactly. She can make a choice of where she wanna live at. Yes. If she wanted to say, "My, I don't live here no more, I'm gonna go live with my father. Right. There's nothing you could say about it. Nothing absolutely nothing you can say what do you say to people that say it's the parents this is your fucking fault no, it's michelle this your fault you ain't do something right you ain't raise her right you should have had your foot on her neck you supposed to know where she is and who she's dealing with
0: and guess what if i would have did that she would still be there
1: mm. how did you so i emancipate to, her so to speak from our county i
0: calendar. had to give her my blessings you know, um, I have a book coming out called I Am My Daughter's Keeper.
1: And that means
0: I kept her secrets. I kept her lies. I kept her truth. And most importantly, I kept loving her through the whole process. Parents got to understand, we, our kids is going to date someone we are not going to like. Mm. And if you don't like them, guess what? It's going to make them closer to that person. So you got to play the role. So I play like everything was cool. Just so I can see it So I could talk to her I could still have control But when that phone call came And she said she was off my phone line And they had made, they went to Atlanta I don't know what the fuck happened in Atlanta But something happened in Atlanta And that's when the nigga lost it Because that's when I started hearing all about the abuse The, the not eating And can't go to the bathroom They partying all night Sleeping during the day He beating them He just doing crazy shit mm-hmm. I don't know So once I got word of that I said, okay, you know what? She had called me private, and she was crying. And I said, Nico, you got to get up out of there. You
1: got to get up out of there.
0: She was like, I love him. Why is he treating me like this? I said, I don't know, babe, but you got to come home. You're- and
1: at the time, Dominique was cool with being one of many?
0: Yeah. I call him sister wives. The black version.
1: The black version. (laughs) (laughs) She was cool with being one of many. Yeah, but he wasn't,
0: you know, but she was the boy. That's his fetish. You know, yeah, I put it out there. Nigga go both ways. And he was literally transforming her into a boy. So at this time, I didn't see my child. In three years, I had heard about you.
1: Hadn't was- seen your daughter in three years. I ain't seen my daughter in three years. One- Once she made the decision that she wanted to be with R. Kelly, well, she was still coming back forth. She was still living with me. Okay.
0: She made that transmission around in 2019. So we talking about maybe 14 or 15. She-, uh- she was going to move with him permanently. When you make it to the
1: house, they mean like you, that main one. Okay. okay, but you still want a many. Right. You're still- you not one of the just came from I the said party. You wanted a sister wives <laughs> then. Because he treated...
0: They all got to call him daddy, and they all sisters, but then he have sex with them, like, wives. So, I call him the black version of sister wives. That's what I say. Mm. And
1: she was... She made it... that. So, that's like a... Like a badge a, of honor to some of them.
0: Exactly. Like, who the hell...
1: Why would you... I'm one that? of R. Kelly's women. Yes. So, it's like, literally. So,
0: that's what she did, and I was like, okay. And then, I heard about the abuse, and then... I'm watching TMZ. When I'm seeing TMZ Joy and Savage interview, I'm like, "That ain't that's my." And I just bust down crying. <sighs> wow.
1: wow, I can see that you're still getting emotional about it to the, to right now. That's that's tough. It's tough as a it's tough as a parent not to be in control and to see. All the morals and everything that you taught your child go right out the window, and to know that your your child is being abused by somebody, and they still want to stay.
0: Right, and and the call you know it was on TMZ. I get the phone calls from everybody, and um, I put it in God's hand after that because I was on my way to LA. I thank TMZ for real. TMZ, I thank you for that video. that Y'all, he tried to plot out and say, hey, guess what? We out here shopping. We just doing our thing. And I was on my way to film Surviving R. Kelly. Uh-huh. And um, I made a phone call to TMZ and said, if you go going to report the news, report it correctly. Uh-huh. And they was like, excuse me? I was like, that was not Joy Friend. That's my daughter, Dominique. They was like, that's another one R. Kelly girls. And so then it got back to him, and he made her call me. And I was just on point. I knew what I was doing five, four, three, two, one phone call came. I was like, hello, mom, what are you doing? Why you call TMZ? I'm like, girl, I ain't called no damn TMZ. But
1: where you <laughs>
0: She was like, mom, I can't tell you. That's a girl. Where you at? I was like, I'm going to send you a present. I'm going to send you a package. Where you at? She was like, mom, I can't tell you where well, I'm, at, I'm at. I said, you in LA? She was like, yeah. I said, what's the hotel? She was like, I can't tell you. I said, girl, give me the initial. Come on, girl, give me the initial. She was like, I am. Come on, boom. Marriott. It was in Beverly Hills. Right. So I was going to L- L.A. in two days. The film. I just asked, Dream them, can I just get a rap? Right. And they was like, can we film it? I was like, I don't care. Right. And that's what y'all saw. That's how it went
1: down. That's exactly how it went down. I went down. And that's the first time you had seen your child in... Three years. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I went to the one Marriott. That, you know, they said it was a gardener, but
0: it wasn't mm-hmm. that gardener. That right. Man. So then I asked the... um. There was a black security, it was like a black um doorman, you know. Uh, what I and I was like, Excuse me, have you seen two girls? And he was like, Check the one across the street. I was like, Damn, yeah, we missed that one. That was the resident Marriott, meaning that that's what they sit right. for a long time. They got a kitchen, and yeah, got all that stuff yeah, in there. So I went in there, it was Mother's Day weekend. Went in there, I was like, Excuse me, can you ask my daughter Dominique Garden? I didn't even act like she was, you know, wasn't there, I knew she was there, so I was like, Excuse me. The manager happened to be right there. I said, it's Mother's Day weekend. I want a surprise. I'm in town and everything. And it was like, okay, they called. She can't come Come out. Remember, she got to call him to come out. So it's right. like, whatever the package is, he tell me to go out. So then the manager was like, I'll take you to the room. I said, thank you. Oh, my God. Wow. I he still don't got no job because he wants to <laughs> But I thank you, manager. And he took me to the room, and that's what happened.
1: That's And that's what you saw. How did you finally get Dominique to finally say enough is enough and come home? I told her that if
0: I'm here, she said she actually called him and said, my mom here and I want to have lunch. And he was like, no, we'll wait till we get back to Chicago. So she said she called and asked Mm -hmm. that, can she see have lunch with me? And he told her no. She said, my mom is in L.A. and I can't even have lunch with her. She was like, enough is enough.
1: Wow. So when she finally, the first time she left with you, she went back.
0: Yeah, she went back after three days. Because like I said, and it, you know, it's a drug. You know, there's three types of drugs out there. Uh-huh. You know, it's crack cocaine, heroin, and a whole bunch of R. Kelly's. Yeah. And she was hooked on that damn drug called
1: R. Kelly. She was hooked. And she when she hooked. went back, how long did she stay?
0: She stayed for like two weeks. She asked him, can she go to her little brother's graduation? She promised her little brother, literally, can she, you know, she was going to be at his graduation. She don't make no promises,
1: you know. Uh And He told
0: her, no, we'll just send him a gift. She said, I'm not doing that. She just said then she knew it was time to go.
1: And she's been back for how long now? A year and a half. A year and a half and about to have a baby. And about to have a baby. And it ain't R. Kelly's. No, it's not <laughs> R. Kelly's baby. No, sorry. Isn't that great? Isn't no. that great? <laughs> yes, Isn't is. Isn't that great? So your book is, is coming when?
0: It'll be coming about another couple of months.
1: Okay.
0: I am my daughter's keeper.
1: I am my daughter's keeper. And uh, did you guys, you went to the Emmys? I saw that.
0: Yes, I did. How was, was that for you? It was nice. Look, slaying um,
1: on the red carpet. Go, naked. girl. You was slaying up. <laughs> How was that? It was nice. It was really
0: nice. We lost, but it was nice.
1: Who'd y'all lose to? Uh,
0: Anthony Bourdain.
1: Oh, Anthony Bourdain. Oh, that's because he passed away. He committed suicide. <laughs> right, that's
0: what they said. That's, yeah. that's what he said. I don't even know who the hell he was.
1: Anthony Bourdain, <laughs> did you see the new... Uh, uh, Dave Chappelle thing?
0: Yes, I did. With Dave
1: Chappelle talk about Anthony Bourdain <laughs> had the best job ever. All he did was go around the world, eat food, and drink wine with cool people. Yes, yes. That's who Anthony Bourdain okay. was. He's like a, a food critic, a food specialist. He just traveled around the world. So it's okay yeah. if y'all if y'all lost to but Anthony Bourdain. we won Bourdain. the
0: Credit Choice Awards. Good. We won MTV, um, movie and TV. you want that
1: that's fantastic yeah
0: so we got next year
1: and the book is coming out and it's a part two
0: yes a part two called surviving r kelly the aftermath
1: does it explore your relationship with dominique a little more
0: yes and she's actually in the docu-series
1: oh boy so she's gonna tell everything from her perspective (laughs) yes oh lord that's gonna be fire (laughs) yes yes yeah and uh as we speak right now mr kelly is in jail
0: Yes, he is, thank God. You know, McDonald's and Playgrounds are safe again.
1: <laughs> I ain't going to say nothing else <laughs> after that. Michelle Kramer, thanks for joining us, man. Thanks Tell them the name of the book
0: me. again. I am My Daughter's Keeper. And I'm how Michelle- they can
1: reach you via social media. I think that's important.
0: Um, The the real Michelle Kramer.
1: Yes, the real Michelle Kramer. Yes. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Ed. Coming up, y'all, right here on Come On, Son, the podcast, my Come On, Sons, from this week. Stick around. Top, <laughs> top, Come on, son, son. All right, y'all, it's time for another episode of come on, son, come on, Son, the podcast. Let's get right to it. Waste no time. Felicity Huffman, come on, son. Felicity Huffman, your ass needs to be in jail. How are you only getting two weeks in jail, a $30,000 fine, and 250 hours of community service when you cheated to get your kid into school? A black woman who was homeless used her babysitter's address to get her kid in school, and she got five fucking years in Jail, and you're only getting two weeks in a cushy ass jail, Felicity Huffman. Come on, son. I don't give a fuck that your husband is William H. Macy. All right, I like some of the movies he's been in, but not enough to keep your ass out of jail. You need to go to jail for at least a year, at least a year, Felicity Huffman. And if anybody out there sees Felicity Huffman walking down the street, picking up paper when she's doing her community service, how she do her two weeks in jail, tell her come on, son, Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit, speaking of bullshit 9 69 you are a snitch, bruh, you a snitch you a snitchy little bitch feefy ass, okay you roll with Treyway Bloods you got protected by Treyway Bloods, every song that you sang, or allegedly rapped, cause you can't rap so it must have been singing, you threw up Tradeway Bloods, now your ass gets busted on a Rico charge Are you snitching and telling on everybody in the Tradeway Bloods, Come on, son. You even try to throw people who ain't got nothing to do with the trade bloods under the bus. You brought up Cardi B. Come on, son. You brought up Jim Jones. Come on, son. What next? You going to tell somebody I cheated on my taxes on the stand? You little snitching ass. That's Takashi. You a snitch, dude. And when you go to jail, I hope they treat you like a snitch. I hope they grab you by your ponytails and do the unthinkable to you from the back, brother. That's how much I can't stand a snitch if you in the game be in the game take it on the chin like a man which you probably gonna do that too because they're gonna be some nitty niggity nuts on your chin but you are a snitch takachi the fuck out of here with your bullshit come on son and speaking of people on some bullshit antonio brown a.b what is your problem dude what is your problem? You got to be the dumbest football player to ever. You know the only person dumber than you is O.J. Simpson. You and O.J. Simpson are the two dumbest football players that ever lived, Bruh, If you have charges pending against you, you don't text message the person and threaten them from your phone. You don't do that, son. Come on, son. Fuck out of here. How dumb do you have to be? Don't you have a homeboy's phone you could have used? Don't you have somebody, a man's in them? Y'all need to get man's in thems. When you get rich and get money, you need to have man's in thems to handle all of the BS that you don't want to handle. But no, Antonio Brown, first you went from the— from. Pittsburgh, you ain't want to play. You you want to go to Oakland. You get to Oakland. You're going to cuss somebody out. and You're going to start a fight with the general manager, son. Then you get picked up by the Patriots is where you wanted to be anyway. You finally get to play a game. You show up. You look good. You catch a touchdown. The Patriots are probably going to go 16-0 this year straight to the Super Bowl. And guess who ain't going to be on the team? You stupid. Come on, son. You had the world in the palm of your hands and you got a sexually assault women i got sisters i got daughters and i got a mama come on son fuck out of here with that bullshit you ought to be ashamed of yourself allegedly y'all was looking at bible stuff church stuff on a on an ipad and you was behind her whacking off and splashed stuff on her back come on son who does that Who does that? Splash off of your drawers like everybody else do that watch Pornhub. Come on, son. You need to get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. Speaking of bullshit, Shane Gillis. Bruh, the most coveted, coveted, coveted gig for any comedian that's ever done stand-up, myself included, is Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live makes comedians into stars, bruh. Stars, you went down there. You 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 killed your audition, and forgot to tell them that you had some homophobic and racial slurs ranting on a podcast from 2018. Come on, son. You know I'm not even going to mention the name of his podcast because I don't want y'all to go listen to this garbage. But I listened to it. There wasn't even a joke cold in there, you went off on Chinese people just because they're Chinese. You didn't tell a joke and make anything funny, and then say something derogatory like Dave Chappelle or Bill Burr or Kevin Hart or anybody like that. Your shit wasn't even funny, and you got kicked off of Saturday Night Live, son. You know what that means, bro? You look stupid because Saturday Night Live just hired an Asian guy that had been writer there for a long time. What was you gonna say to him if he heard your podcast, son? Shane Gillis. Come on, son. Fuck out of here with that bullshit. And last but not least, Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian, why are you so thirsty? You know what? I was on you for a long time on a lot of these come on, sons. Then I let off you because you was helping people get out of jail, and that was the right thing to do. And I was starting to love you. And I heard that you was trying to be a lawyer. And I was like, go ahead, Kim, do your thing. Help mankind out. You accumulated a lot of money for doing the sex tape, but at least you turned around trying to help the community. And I was with you for a minute, Kim Kardashian. But now I have to come on, son, you, for talking about you starred in a Tupac video from the past. Do you know how long Tupac been dead? Are you that thirsty? for notoriety that you're gonna bring up your little minimal ass part in Tupac's video? Huh? Huh? All About You? You didn't star in All About You. You know what a star is? A starring role? It's what Will Smith got coming up for this new movie when he playing somebody fighting against his own self. That's starring. You walked down the runway in All About You and did a little twist. Bitch, you didn't star. So come on, son of you, Kim Kardashian. Stop dragging up Tupac's memory so you can get some publicity. All right? Come on, son. Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. I'm at Lover, and I approve this message. Come on, son. I'll see y'all next week. Keep God first. Everything else will fall into place. Come on, son. This Ed Lover podcast is being done in conjunction with Cigars International. Make sure you check out cigarsinternational.com for all your cigar needs.
0: This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is produced and engineered by co-executive producers Krista Hayes and Kimana Paulus in downtown Chicago. This is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast.